Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25-20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Joining us today is the honorary third member of the show. You know him best as Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube, a.k.a. our good friend James Hill. And for those of you who don't know, this is a podcast dedicated to the 2020 Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl 55 and Ray J. 31-9, your final score. The Buccaneers just neutralized Kansas City. And, I mean, I guess that's the nicest way I can put it because there wasn't a whole lot of positives for KC to take away from this one. But we're going to break it all down here today. James throwing up the thumbs up. It's funny because nobody has their mic on, and I can see you guys giggling and laughing. Literally right before I hit the record button, they just decided to cuss each other out. Like I look over and I'm listening to the intro roll and Evan's calling James a bitch and it's just getting pretty hostile. Right? I mean, did I miss something, fellas, here? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I I take offense to that. Yeah, anyways. So hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to welcome to the Super Bowl edition. Um if you're not talking, please keep your mic muted. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my, I'm, I'm obviously Evan. And, uh, you know, <laughs> 2020 was pretty bad to a lot of people. And I'm not saying, like, it still sucks, right? But, man, it was pretty good to Bucks fans, wasn't it? Like, if you're, like, from, like, a pure football aspect, um, I mean, yeah, it's you couldn't, you couldn't have really asked for, you know, it, it's going to be very weird, right? Because when you look back on this, 15 years from now, everybody's going to be saying, oh, man, you know, 2020, this and that and and everything. But 2020, to, in a, to be a Bucks fan, just from the football side of things and entertainment side of things, it, it was very special. And it's something that you always remember for multiple reasons. But you're always going to – and a lot of it's negative, but you're always going to have this one positive. And especially, I mean, if you're a Lightning fan, of course um, – if you're a Rays fan, obviously they didn't get the job done, but they still went very far. And then the, I, did the Rowdies win the championship, or what was the deal with that? They won their conference championship, and then the actual championship game was canceled due oh, to Jesus. COVID. Yeah. Oh my god! How so, is it canceled? Yeah. How, I, how do you cancel that? I don't know, man. But listen, I just want to preface this, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 168 of the Cannon Fire Podcast. The usual suspects here: it's Red, it's Evan, it's Buddy James. Buddy James, can I start calling him that? <laughs> Wait, B- Buddy James. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I just want to. I like want to preface. Like a, it sounds like a wrestler. I want to preface this. It does. It does sound like kind of a kayfabe name, Buddy James. But I mean, this is this is the first time I think we've ever done an episode of the show where it's almost a stress-free environment. Like we don't necessarily get stressed recording the podcast, but. We don't have to think about the next game. We don't have to think about if the Bucks are going to win next week. They are the champions of the football world, my friends. There are no more games. Sunday's game was it. And they dominated on the biggest stage that the NFL can offer. And, I mean, we're going to talk about what we took away from all of that. Some of the top performers will do a good old-fashioned game review. But, like, holy hell, man. Everybody just collectively take a deep breath. Like, we are here, the season is over, and the Buccaneers are at the top of the food chain. Like... What what a great feeling, James. 
Buddy James. Buddy okay. James, take, let's go. Take, uh, everybody just take time to celebrate, you know? Mm-hmm. I've seen comments, too, you know, and I'm sure you, you guys are the same way, you know, where people are already starting to talk about free agents and talk about all these other different things, you know, and already already moving on, literally out, you know, not even out, you know, hours after the Super Bowl win. It's like, what about this? What about that? Guys, just relax and party, you know, yeah. like that. This is what it's all about. We literally can't do any better than what we just did. It's impossible. So enjoy it for what it is. Get all the merchandise you can. And let's just have as much fun as we possibly can. Until we get to that point when we need to start thinking about those personnel decisions and when the news trickles and things like that. But take a week, take a couple of weeks um, and just enjoy this. Absolutely. Keep burning the city down, doing donuts on Dale Mabry. I mean, shutting down major intersections. Saw a video of the guy hanging off of the Kennedy Road sign in downtown. It was it was quite the scene around Tampa Bay. Um, after the Buccaneers won their second franchise Super Bowl. But before we go any further, I do want to bring up a, a local community hero. There was a reporter. I don't remember his Rhett, exact name. Y- y- you can't say yourself. Oh, right? Okay, hold on. Settle down. There was a reporter who works for Fox affiliate WOFL in Orlando, and he was down covering the game. Um, he put up a harmless video on social media that a lot of people didn't understand, but... You know, to sum it up for you, he just so happened to find himself outside of the stadium the day before the game listening to Eric Church and uh, Jasmine, last name, do the national anthem. And he sat there with a timer, clocked like two minutes and 20 seconds, and uh, he really helped out all of our friends who bet the over. I'm actually surprised that they didn't cancel that bet, but you know what? For your hard work and dedication, brother, we really do appreciate you. And with that being said... It was a good weekend to be betting for Tampa Bay. A lot of history made, but I'll tell you what, if you checked it out with our friends over at betonline.ag, it was the number one place to do so. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. I'll tell you my right. favorite prop right. bet. The the over the over on what, what do we do the prop of the bet of the week the over oh the over twenty nine and a half twenty nine and a half yards for Rob Gronkowski we said hammer the over yeah and boom and not he, only he was, did he, he was the Bucks leading that, receiver two, yeah and he caught two touchdowns so yeah, yeah huge huge I'll, I'll tell you another prop bet that I actually felt really good about hitting was uh, I had a really weird feeling about the weekend's halftime show and I think this was the strangest of all the prop bets but would the weekend start his halftime show in sunglasses and it's funny because he started it wore sunglasses for maybe 20 seconds and then didn't wear them for the rest of the halftime show but the fact that i was able to hit on that one and make a little bit of money with our friends over at bet online that was the best yeah yeah um how about that one dude that uh that bet 3k that the chiefs wouldn't score a touchdown he won 48 he he won 48k What yeah, a he guy. put in three, 3K, 148K. That's some bold stuff right there. I had seen another ticket that somebody punched out. Um, they had the Lakers winning. They had the Bucks winning. And then they had uh, they had the Dodgers winning as well. I don't know if they put a bet down on the hockey championship, but I guarantee you he was picking Tampa. But the way things have been shaken out for people, you know, those people got to feel good. I wish that could be. I mean, it's, it's literally L.A. and Tampa. <laughs> Nobody yeah. else has taken home. You know, <laughs> hockey, hockey and football is Tampa. Baseball and basketball is L.A. I mean, yeah. nobody else has taken home anything else. But um, yeah, it's uh, it was it was a pretty, pretty, pretty good week. I always love the Super Bowl, the prop bets and stuff. Um, Pat McAfee, what do he lose? Like thirty k on tails or something? Because he took like uh, every single prop bet in the book, so I'm sure yeah. he broke even. Probably. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always fun, and uh, definitely, you know, uh, our guys at Bet Online, uh, you know, if obviously football season is done, but there's still plenty of sports to go around. So absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about why we're here. Super Bowl Fifty Five, like we said, thirty-one to nine, the absolute decimation of Kansas City. The Buccaneers' defense held KC to zero total touchdowns on the evening. But before we talk about the defense, who is absolutely the MVP of this game, if you ask 90% of the fan base. Let's talk about the man who got us here to begin with. That's TB12. The legacy of greatness for Tom Brady. 
is something that, you know, we definitely haven't shied away from here on the show. The past few weeks, we talk about how crazy it's been that in year one, Tom Brady got us here. You know, year one, Brady got us to the NFC Championship game. Bucks are about to play in the NFC title game for the first time in however many years. And then they win that game, and then they're going to the Super Bowl. And we talk about how crazy it is that this team that didn't have OTAs, didn't have training camp, didn't have a preseason, has put it together to get to the Super Bowl. And everybody said, win or loss, it's still one hell of a season. Just the fact that they won. It's not that we didn't believe they could win, but it's literally one of those things where it's like, this is a year one football team with Tom Brady under center. But this is year one of what, three or four maybe, depending on how well Tom and Bruce feel. But I mean, year one, Bruce already came back, said he's going for two. Brady said he's coming back. I'm sure the Bucs are going to make it a priority this offseason to keep a lot of the main players on this team. But I mean, the fact that the Bucs are only going to get better from here, that's got to be scary as hell for the rest of the NFC. Especially, I mean, I guess the NFL, because they can very well run it back. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> it's, I will say this, okay, and I've seen a lot of people say this, and Tom Brady is the greatest NFL player in the history of the NFL. I don't think that's a stretch. He has more Super Bowl wins than any team in the history of this league. That's stupid. I've lost track of all the records for things that Brady has done this year for a player of his age. Like, even in the Super Bowl, like, I've just lost track. It's like, it's too many things. But, I mean, now you can make a legitimate argument for which, I mean, you already could, but even more legitimate now, is Tom Brady just the greatest sports athlete of all time in terms of competitiveness and overall success in terms of championships and things like that? I mean, you think of Muhammad Ali, you think of Mike Tyson, you think of uh, Michael Jordan, like Tom's up there. And it's really, it's a really heavy, and LeBron James as well, you know, like it's a heavy debate right now, you know, and with what he just did, you know, Michael Jordan never did that, went to a different team, took him all the way to the championship. I mean, LeBron's done that, which is which is good for him, you know, but like the, the overall success that Tom has had at his age and the consistency and joining a new team in all of these what was negative circumstances and lack and, you know, lack of time to prepare for this season just took a team to the Super Bowl, who is historically not been a very good team. It it's you couldn't in their hometown. Still the worst to, winning percentage in the NFL, I think. It you couldn't have written a, a story any better than what we saw this year for this team for Tom Brady. And listen, you brought up that you know the uh, the LeBron comparison in particular. I had a buddy of mine at work today who had said. Oh, well, Brady just kind of copied LeBron's template for building a team. And, you know, I have to commend him for that. But listen, building a team in the NFL and building an NBA team are two drastically different things. And I mean, in all 100%. due respect, percent. in all due respect to LeBron James, he's a hell of an athlete. But the difference between basketball and football is that LeBron James has the ability to do it himself when he needs to do it. I think this Lakers team is obviously the most complete he's had around him in a while, but a single guy can take over a game in basketball like LeBron is able to do when he just starts shooting those FU threes, right? Brady can't do that all by himself. Like we, we cannot ignore the fact that the Bucks won a Super Bowl not only because of Tom Brady, but because of how complete this football team has been and how, you know, how how well they played throughout their uh, throughout their playoff run. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at basketball and there's there's five starters and then there's what probably on the bench in a regular season game, four or five guys that get into the game. So, you know, nine or ten guys that get into the game. There's 11 starters on offense and 11 starters on defense, right? It is much tougher to win a championship in the NFL than it is in the NBA. And how many does LeBron have, three or four? I mean, I, yeah, I think it's it's out of three or four. I think it's four. Um, Okay, so, and then, I mean, he's still three behind Brady, right? And just, yeah, it, it's so much harder to win the NFL, and Brady's won three more. It's, I don't even know, I said it on the call-in show last night, I don't even know a word to describe him anymore, like. I feel like goat is insulting. That's why, yeah, I said disrespectful last night is the word I used. I mean, 
I, I don't know because for one, obviously it, it's still fun, but like I don't know how it can be as fun for him anymore. <laughs> um, right? I mean, that's how I always looked at like an Alabama football fan. Like, how do you have fun as a fan? All you do is just you, you go, you win. Like maybe right. you lose a game, maybe you lose a game, but like you just win. So like, how is that fun? Like to me, you know, it's fun to see the up is ups and downs of a team. Now, obviously, you don't you you want there to be more ups than there is downs, but it's so much fun to you know to you know go ten and six one year, and then the next year go go six and ten and be all let down. Then the next year, boom, you're in the Super Bowl and you win it. You're like, oh, like awesome, you know. Finally got there. To me, that's so much better. But depending yeah, on who you anyway, ask, I mean. I don't well, know. Yeah, I never I mean, thought definitely, definitely. I never thought I would hear you of all people to say that a six and ten season is better than just consistently winning Super Bowls. No, I would not oh my god. <laughs> Do not put words in my mouth, young man. Okay. Um yes, I do know that you're older than me. I acknowledge that. Whatever. <laughs> um this this is a good vibes podcast, so we're gonna be joking a lot. So um no, I mean, it's just it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible. And to do it at his age and just like James yeah. said, in, you know, circumstances that the NFL has never faced before. Right. Um, with no offseason. When's the last time that they've had no offseason? I mean, maybe it was there been a lockout season where the offseason was shortened. Um, I believe in 2011, I think it, it was shortened a bit, but it was still, you know, you didn't know if like. Week to week basis, you didn't know who was going to be available. There was a chance on week to week basis that Tom Brady wasn't even going to be available, and they still were able to do it. James, go ahead. In in circumstances that, by and large, favored the teams who had already had an established roster, of course, like like a lot of the teams that were in the playoffs, the and like Chiefs, the teams that the, the Bucks beat, the Chiefs, the Saints, the Packers, uh, you know, all the of these football team with Taylor Heineke. That's exactly. Heineke. Exactly. I mean, shout that guy's a dynasty well, legend at this shout point. Out, shout out to that guy. Shout out to well, that guy. He was the. the it seemed like he was the best, best quarterback the Bucks played the throughout the postseason. Easily. All of these teams, you know, in both conferences where they had already had an established formula, a lot of the guys were already familiar with each other. Tom Brady coming into a new town, going from up north where it's very cold down south, and to organize private workouts with his teammates runs the risk of him, you know you know, potentially missing games and like all these other different types of things. Like, Hey, if you want to connect with your teammates, that's cool. But it's now it's risky. It's like, what? And Florida's a hot spot too. Right. Not, and, like, you know, this is right. like, North Dakota. And, you know, and it's just like, what? Like, I know people like, and people scoff whenever it's like, Oh, you know, calling Brady an underdog is stupid. Cause it's Tom Brady. You know, this was the year where it's like, fine. You know, Finally, Brady got hit with new circumstances that made him he, an underdog yeah, he again. A, he was an underdog, a true you know? underdog. And it's yeah, funny like, because people like to argue against that underdog thing for Brady. But, I mean, what reason were we given to not call the Bucks underdogs? Everybody said they were going to get their ass whooped in the playoffs this year. They said Brady wasn't going to be able to get it done. There were so many people documenting saying this, myth, team would go, this team would go 7-9. and nine, This team would go 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, halfway through the season when they face a little bit of turbulence after their first loss of the year oh Bob Brady and Narians they hate each other there's a little bit of you know there's a little bit of a little bit of friction between those two guys two two things one uh Bucky Brooks after week one the Bucks have buyer's remorse yeah you know signing Tom Brady after week one Bucky Brooks is a smart guy he really is but I don't know what was going through his head there at week one it's, like, it's, not, it's not 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 week 11 week one like come on and then diana russini when everybody was hyping up the bucks before the season she said uh arians and brady won't work the bucks are going to go eight and eight and miss the playoffs and here we okay. are super bowl champions baby listen one more thing i want to appreciate about tom brady before we kind of look ahead they talked a lot this season about the fun that he's clearly been having in Tampa Bay. I think Tom has a little bit more freedom to express himself differently here in Tampa. And I'll tell you this, guys. After what we saw between him and Tyron Matthew in Super Bowl 55, Tampa Tom, which is how I will refer to this alter ego he seems to have established, when is the last time you've seen Tom Brady actively engage in trash talk? I mean, he chased number 32 down. Literally, literally, literally ran after him. And, and I mean, they were jawing at each other. And, and Brady says, all right, 
here you go, threw a touchdown directly at him, and obviously Antonio Brown there to make the play, but Brady is the guy on this team who can talk his shit and immediately back it up. And, I mean, to have that at the quarterback position from a guy who's 43 years old, like Brady's going to roll up to training camp next year with his fucking grill. I mean, he's going to be just rolling, dude. He's going to be full tampered out. And hey, it's I a, cannot. It's a Super Bowl podcast, guys. This I, is not PG. I cannot. PG. Come on, man. Let <laughs> let Tom embrace a little bit of Tampa culture. I enjoy it. Everybody who listens no, to the show yeah, enjoys Tom, it. Tom is definitely listening to this. Oh, Tampa Tom, baby. Roll 100%. up in his wife beater. I just. Oh, dude. I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just I, I enjoy Tampa Tom and I enjoy watching him. I wonder I wonder what they're gonna do for random thought before we move on to the rest of like what we want to talk about the game. I wonder what do you think they'll do with the the same thing that the Lightning did like with like the boats and stuff of parade style. I feel like they so right will. now is so right now as it stands, the mayor said that they talked about it today, and they will have details released either tomorrow or on Wednesday. Okay, all right, that's the and, and I mean we'll. We'll definitely be there. You know, Evan, I would love I, for you. I, I, I will not. Yeah, I, I know. I'll be there. I know you won't. You you don't have time for such things. But me me and James will be there. I'll be there with a buddy of mine from work. Bree might be with me. It's going to be a party in Tampa Bay, ladies and gentlemen. You know what? I'm about to show up just to show <laughs> Do you it. up. I dare you. It'll be great God, content. That's Evan Waters' yeah. music. Right? I'm going like to be on the float right next to Brady. I'm going to be it. on the Lombardia. Do it. You act, right like, you act like this is something negative. Like, I'm just going to show up just to prove a point. Dude, show uh, well, up. You'll have the time of your life. Like, yeah. I'm not telling you it's, not to. Not, it's a COVID world. It's a COVID <laughs> world. I don't, I, don't ha- I don't have time for that, man. You know? Oh man, let's talk about some of the stat lines from this game. We'll glance over Brady. Well, real when, quick. Do, when do we think it'll be? Like Friday or something? I'm assuming they, I, they'll make plans. Guess, if if I absolutely had to guess, I would say it's either going to be Friday or probably next Monday. Yeah, I was about to say I don't think they wouldn't they they wouldn't do it on a weekend. No they way. They probably wouldn't. Uh, I would say they would either do it on Friday or next Monday. Gotcha. So some stat lines from Super Bowl 55. Let's go over Brady really quick. 21 for 29, 201 yards and three touchdowns. He did get bailed out by that one interception. Came down with Tyron Matthew. Bucks ended up getting a first down out of the deal because of a holding call, I believe. But other than that, the, the interception was on Leonard Fournette. But if he doesn't tip it back up in the air, it falls right to the ground. Yeah, that's true as well. But, you know, a pretty good game from Brady. And we've been saying it all year. You give me three touchdowns and barely 200 yards and a W, that's all this team needs to do. And the fact that they won by more than two possessions is a statement enough in itself. You know, with with Brady and what he did in the game, I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly what we've seen and exactly what we needed all year, where it's not... It's not 350 yards and, you know, all, like, you know, all these big stats, but the efficiency was what was so important. You know, Brady did exactly what he needed to do. He took care of the football. He scored a couple of touchdowns. Did he have, you know, a 300, 400 yard passing game? No, but it didn't matter. He, he scored the touchdowns he needed to score. He made the most of his opportunities um, and just helped keep control of the game. The offense—that's all, all you want. The offense played Tom Brady's brand of football that has already won him six championships before his time in Tampa Bay. Early on, a lot of quick passing, a lot of screens, set up the play action, find a ripple in the defense, and expose it. And I think they did that to just about perfection. I, I really think we need to take a second and commend Byron Leftwich because the second half of this season, yeah. on the Buccaneers' win streak, they franchise record eight wins in a row. The the offensive play calling has been damn near flawless. Yeah, I mean, both coordinators, man, just really flipped the switch in, in the playoffs. Um, it was amazing because I mean, even Todd Bowles, like the Bucks defense, just went to another level, right? Because here was the thing with the Bucks defense during the regular season. Besides the Green Bay game in Week Six, whenever the Bucks would face a good offense, they would get shredded, like. You know, like the Rams, yeah, I know the Rams only put up 27 points, but the Rams did pretty much whatever they wanted against the Bucs. Uh, the Chiefs definitely in the first quarter definitely did whatever they wanted against the Bucs in Week 12. Um, and then even the Falcons, you know, in that first half of the game at Atlanta, 
you know, that they, they had success. And then a week 17, what they had 27 points. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they, so whenever they would face a, a decent offense, it would be trouble. It really would. They were, the Bucks defense was taking advantage of some, you know, poor offenses, but man, and even Washington, Washington's offense is not good. And man, the Bucks defense, they were not great in that game. I mean, I know they only allowed 23 points, but man, against a, an offense like that, that was just, but then something changed. Um, uh, I and, definitely think having Devin White back was a huge factor. And then Vita Vea was only just the icing on the top once the time. Right, right. But I mean, Vita Vea wasn't back for that New Orleans game. White right. was, I mean, and that's a huge thing. But, um, you know, just something changed schematically. I mean, because like they were just confusing so many of these quarterbacks because the looks that they were giving in the regular season and even in that Washington game, were not the same looks they were giving in the playoffs, and it confused a lot of guys. And I mean, to to beat Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, um, and Patrick Mahomes, and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers on the road. Yes, I know the stadiums weren't at full capacity. Yeah, you know, it probably played a little bit of a factor, right? I mean, you know, you get the New Orleans you know, Superdome is one of the loudest places, you know, in the NFL. Um, but I mean, that's. You still got to play the game, and, and the Bucks went out there, and the Bucks defense really, really just dominated um, both those games. I, I know the Packers had you know, some success, but, man. Now, and a lot of people were like, well, Drew Brees, you know, he couldn't really throw the ball far, and that's true, right? I mean, you know, Drew Brees, you could clearly see it, but Aaron Rodgers having an MVP-type season, and you shut him down again. And then the MVP from last season, Patrick Mahomes, you shut him down? Or what, it was Lamar Jackson, sorry. A former MVP winner, Mahomes won in 2018. Super Bowl um, champions from yeah, last year. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I, think Pat, I think Mahomes did get Super Bowl MVP last year, but they beat three former Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes are no and, quarterbacks to sneeze at. And like league MVPs, everybody's won it except Drew Brees. Aaron yeah. Rodgers has won it twice now, and then um, Mahomes won it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's an impressive feat. And um, I mean, I know we're we're talking about Brady and the offense, but you know, obviously we'll get to the defense more. But um, yeah, I know this is even about Byron Leftwich, but Leftwich changed things up plenty, and you know, and you could tell, you know, and did the, I didn't. At first, and this will be the end of my little rant here. At first, when they were talking about this bye week, this bye week, I thought it was going to be beneficial, right? The week 13 bye week. Like, I, I thought, yeah, it was going to benefit them. Like, it would help. But I didn't think it was going to have this much of an impact. Like, I, I honestly, I came on the show and said, like, don't expect, like, this completely different offense and things that you've never seen before. Because, yeah, it's, it's going to be the same stuff. Yeah, it might have some wrinkles, but it's going to be the same stuff. And, Man, the last four games of the year and then in the playoffs, it was not. And, I mean, the Washington defense is good. Uh, the New Orleans defense is a pretty good defense. Uh, the Packers defense is not bad. And, honestly, the, the Chiefs defense, that while they have their weaknesses, I think they're probably the weakest defense they played. I, I think there's there's still a solid defense. And, I mean, the Bucks offense really made it look uh, pretty easy. And this entire coaching staff is going to be back for next year, which is obviously huge. Absolutely. One of my favorite defensive stats from this game. And then we'll, the, we'll, the, we'll kind of wrap up our conversation about the offense. We'll jump back into this defense just because there is that much to talk about from this game. But, but the, the, the favorite stat that I have, Patrick Mahomes ran 493 yards to get away from this pass I think it was, rush. It, it, was, it was 497, I think. 497. I mean, damn yeah. near 500 yards. I, which I, I don't know how that's possible, but like, yeah. On I, on a I, turf I, toe, that is going to require surgery. potentially. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I mean, that's insane. Know, we talked a lot headed into this game, and, and I, I feel good because a lot of my predictions this week came out well. I said on every single game preview show I was on that this defense is going to surprise some people. They surprised the hell out of me. But, I mean, they absolutely brought the pressure to Patrick Mahomes. Shaq Barrett and JPP were making the most out of those backup tackles. And Vita Vea was just doing his thing, man. He was dominating in the middle. The run game really didn't get going. We did see one big burst from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and that might have been, like, the biggest offensive play for KC all game, other than maybe a couple of other chuckets here and there. But it, it just an incredible four quarters from this defense, and, and, and without a doubt – that side of the ball carried this team to victory, especially throughout the playoffs here. But let's wrap up the offensive side of the conversation. Leonard Fournette 
and Ronald Jones. Playoff Lenny had himself a day. 16 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Ronald Jones, 12 carries, and 61 yards. I'll tell you what, if Ronald Jones gets four more carries, five more carries, even maybe six, he probably he probably tops Leonard Fournette in his 89-yard total. But between the two of those guys, I think that's the best we've seen this rotation work all throughout yeah. the season. If, it really was yeah, a good game on the ground. Yeah, real quick, James, before you get to your point, if if Fournette would have broke one more uh, for a touchdown, I think he would have won MVP. Yeah. If, if if he would if he would have broke one more, I got over a hundred yards, got two touchdowns. I think he would have won MVP. But well, glad uh, glad Brady was able to take it home. Well, plus two. I mean, another thing to consider just in the play of Fournette. I mean, didn't he have like forty or sixty receiving yards as yeah. well? Yeah. He, no drops, and no, you know, no drops. like I mean, that's, that's a big key. I mean, Rojo this was had a drop. Yeah, I mean, obviously in the case <laughs> of Rojo, he, yeah, he, Rojo had a drop pretty early. Oh well. Yeah, he he did, and then obviously Rojo was wasn't throw, able, to, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, you know, Rojo wasn't able to punch in that goal line touchdown as well, oh, uh, which I I don't understand why Fournette wasn't in there. Um, right. Right. He's like, I, I, I understand. I, I don't buy this. Fournette's the, oh, the the power back guy, but he's definitely got more power than than Jones does. And I, I'm just not sure why, you know, two straight times you run with Jones. I just I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why you, you you try that, but whatever. Right. So, I mean, like, I exactly agree with what you said, Evan. I mean, like Fournette, he had, you know, 130 something total scrimmage yards and a touchdown. I mean, man, if you would have gotten one more touchdown you could have made a very legitimate argument that he should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Um, in the case of Ronald Jones, like it was nice to see him finally get going again after admittedly he did struggle throughout the playoffs. And I think that, that was mainly due to some of the nagging injuries that he had, you know, right before the start of the playoffs, unfortunately, when he was dealing with that finger, he was dealing with the quad injury, you know, it just, it literally came at the worst possible time, but playoff Lenny, I mean, the whole way he just went off. I mean, he did great. He's going to make himself some good money. Um, and we'll we'll definitely see what happens. Um, but both those guys really came out and were a really huge part to the overall success of this offense in that game. Oh, yeah. And as we kind of wrap up our thoughts on the offense, it wasn't an explosive day by any means, but I think we kind of talked about that coming into this game. All this offense really needed to do was was answer and get seven when they needed to. There were a couple of three and outs that you would have liked to get back, but at the end of the day, 31 points on the Chiefs? I mean, come on, dude. Bucks are undefeated dude, this year when they score dude, over 30. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin had three catches combined. I mean, exactly. That, that's the crazy Mike thing Evans that people Chris, talk about, talking too. about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown, I think, had, like, what, four or five catches, but he had, like, 29 yards. Yeah. Like, this wasn't the explosive. It was Gronkowski, and then they just warmed down with the run game. It really – this really the, – the offense was a big reminder to me of the Green Bay Week 6 game. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was very similar. It was nice because, you know, we'll talk about our leading receiver one more time before we shift our focus here. But Rob Gronkowski, once again, six receptions, 67 yards, two touchdowns for a guy who has been kicking ass as a blocker all throughout the postseason to finally get his on the grandest stage that the league can offer. I mean, it's it's vintage Brady and Gronk. And I know that I've made this joke before, but you can't call it vintage anymore if it's still happening. But the fact that he had the game that he did. And I mean, also the fact that we talked to Chris Gronkowski a couple days before, it was pretty damn cool, if I might, if I may add. Hey, One, hey, Chris did say Gronk's usually good for a big play, and boom, yeah, he baby. had two Hit of him them on the so. play action. He's going to be he wide had actually open. Three of them, yeah, he had three of them. And that first yeah. touchdown, by the way, that play call was a thing of beauty. Awesome, awesome. I mean, the, just second touchdown. Second touchdown was kind of an improvised thing, but yeah, yeah, that that first play call was uh, was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Now I, I want to give my final thought along the offense real quick. Um, they did have a lot of help from Gronkowski. Um, that, that offensive line did a pretty darn good job throughout this playoff run and really throughout the second half of the, the regular season, too. Um, you know, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, Alex Kappa when he played, Aaron Stinney filling in. And then yeah. I do want to say I will I will go ahead and admit that I was pretty wrong on this. Uh Donovan Smith played a pretty solid second half of his season. Oh, and pretty... man, thank you. I can't. Uh, yes, yes, yes. This and season has shut them all up. Nobody's going to give me grief anymore for defending Donovan Smith because now everybody's calling for him to get an extension. So, yeah. boom. How about I, that? 
I have seen that. So he played. I will go on record and say that my most recent Donovan Smith take said that he is, you know, at best an average offensive tackle. I think he's, you know, the best choice the Bucks could have had now, going into this season. I, I would, yeah, I would say at best, at best, right now he's a good offensive tackle. But I really think, you know, I think that second half of the season he shifted into another gear. He does not get enough recognition, but he stepped up when this team yeah. absolutely needed him to. Yeah, and he had his bad games along the way. Like you look at the 38 to three game, probably the worst game of his career. There's a couple of, uh, other ones. I think that, I think that first New Orleans game was the worst game of his career. Yeah. Yeah. That, that worst that one, New Orleans game was bad. I mean, the, the second one, the second one was pretty much Joe Haig, I think. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because Joe Haig was right next to Donovan Smith. And speaking uh, of Joe Haig, Clark, man, so. why, why do you have to go drop the touchdown? It's, 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 I, did, I, I chalked that up as a good play by a linebacker. I, I mean, know. He, he punched he, the ball out. It's he, an offensive lineman, man. Yeah, but contested oh, catch. Man. Dude, for like 0.2 seconds, I thought it was Vita Vea, and I was like, holy shit, how the hell did he get out there? But, um, but no, um, I mean, that, that would have been cool, right? An O-lineman touchdown to put the Bucks up over, what, 15 points at that time? I thought about it uh, when I saw Vita out there for like three snaps at fullback. I was like, hell, they should just hand it off to Vita. And then I thought, yeah, no, but he's just coming off of a broken ankle. Please, like he doesn't need to be tackled right now. Oh, he's fine. Like, he's fine. I would <laughs> come on after these last two games, the way that he's been playing. The last thing I'm worried about is him catching a little pass out of the backfield from the one yard line. No, but like me taking the hand off that. Yeah, you really want him taking the hand off? Yeah, he, it's, roll, it's he rolls a... that. He rolls that ankle early yep. in the game. I mean, that would scare the crap uh, out of me. No, I get it. It was early oh, well, in the game, so you make a good point there. It didn't happen, and at the end of the day, Vita Vea was holding a hat and a t-shirt at the end of the game. So. There we go, right. baby. That's all that matters. So, it's 2021. There are self-driving cars, plant burgers, and tourists in space. The least your phone could do is download entertainment in a flash. For that, you should get AT&T 5G. AT&T 5G is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Want to make sure your phone service keeps up with what you need from it? Get AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See AT&T.com slash 5G for you for details. Let's talk a little bit more about this defense. We've kind of given the O-line some props. Donovan Smith, we talked him up a little bit. Let's talk more about the defense. Let's talk about these pass rushers. Jason Pierre, Paul, Shaq Barrett out there earning his money. I mean, these boys wreaked havoc all night long. They were just keeping Pat Mahomes on the run, and then that's that's how you make this Chiefs team look vulnerable. You know, I'm a, I'm a stickler for Shaq. We all know this. Uh, you know, and, and admittedly, you know, he had his struggles throughout the the second half of the season obviously wasn't where he needed to be or was not where he needed to be. Wasn't close to what he was in that first season. Of course, advanced statistics support that he still had a really good year as a pass rusher, but the sack numbers were down significantly. And that caused a lot of people to go, oh man, what's going on with Shaq? He was another guy who turned up in the playoffs and had some really good games. And especially in the Packers game and the Chiefs game, he was phenomenal. He really was. And after the game, he's to paraphrase after the game, he said, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to come to a quick solution here. You know, I want to be here. They want me here. Cool. You know, basically. So between him, JPP, Vita Vea at the end. Yeah, they were having some fun with him, which was awesome. And I wonder if they'll consider that for next season, because that is something, you know, you might want to look at um, at certain certain situations. Um, I want to even give a shout out to, you know, Sue, Steve McClendon was yeah. running around yeah. a lot. Will Golston was hustling his butt off, too. So, yeah, like even those two guys, Will Golston and Steve McClendon, like they They're, were getting pressure, too. And speaking of, you know, hustle plays, there's one play that sticks out to me where I remember the Bucks got pressure. Pat Mahomes pocket collapses. He's rolling out and, you know, he's obviously looking downfield. He starts to roll out. And Jason Pierre-Paul goes sideline to sideline. And basically, you know, he doesn't make the tackle, but he meets Patrick Mahomes to make it like a two-yard gain as opposed to a 10-yard gain when he usually scrambles out of the pocket. And, I mean, I just remember watching that, and I'm like, dude, that's the fastest I've ever seen Jason Pierre-Paul run. So if you're looking back Uh at the film, look for that play. I want to say it was early on in the first quarter, but, I mean, just a lot of hustle from those guys. And, you know, they went into this game with the attitude that they're going to play like their lives depended on it. And, I mean, I – Film doesn't lie. They went out there and they did just that. You know, I uh, 
you know, we're talking about the the defensive line, and they deserve huge props. I mean, humongous props, right? Fifty six dropbacks for Patrick Mahomes. He was pressured on twenty nine of them. I mean, that's incredible. I think but it's a Super Bowl record too. It is. It is. Um, he was only sacked three times, which is freaking amazing. That says how good he is at avoiding them. Um, but yeah, I gotta. We gotta talk about the secondary. I mean, oh, yeah. we, we we really do. Um, Carlton Day. I mean, there wasn't one player in the secondary that had a bad game. I mean, nobody. And uh, Jordan Whitehead, I'm not sure how many snaps he played, but he, he gutted it out. Props to him. I mean, he, uh, sure. he popped Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on that one tackle, right. and immediately I just cringed. I was like, oh, man. But right. he got right back up and kept playing. Um, Hats off to Jordan yeah, Whitehead. That was, that was like early in the game, too. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, Mike Edwards, nice day. Anton Winfield was an absolute stud, as you can see. If if you can see on the YouTube version, I'm not sure which cuts it out. Um, so you can see my, you know, my little little thing there. But uh, you know, it's a little payback. But uh, you know, Carlton Davis, uh, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamal Dean, all just they just all had nice days. And I mean, just a huge improvement from last time. Whether it's the scheme, whether it's their actual performance, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, uh, huge props to them, James. What do you got? Whitehead played in 51 snaps, 68% of the defensive Oof. snaps there. Wow, the, way more than I thought. <clears throat> and he played in he played in three special team snaps, 11% of the Bucks yeah. special team snaps. <laughs> so, and he's played through a torn shoulder labrum. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's getting surgery on that, I'm sure. Which is usually a season-ending injury, right? I, I, if this was any other game, if this was week 17 and the Bucks were about to be six and 10, he ain't playing, but yeah, that's insane. <laughs> and you know, it, what's even more insane. It's like, we usually don't hear about players playing through that kind of stuff until after the fact. Right. Yeah. Like we all knew going in, Hey, by the way, Jordan Whitehead is like, his shoulder is destroyed. And then he's just like, okay, I'm going to still destroy people. And he did. And it was phenomenal. Carlton yeah. Davis, still my hashtag number one corner. Love him. Antoine Winfield Jr. with the deuces. Life is good. Buck secondary played a really good game, man. I was happy with it. That, like, that, that, that's what that's what I do. That, that This picture is exactly what I do whenever somebody tells me, like, I'm eating too many chicken wings or something. Just like, you know. So you. Now, yeah. a couple of guys on that defense that you have no choice but to be happy for. One of them is Will Golston. The other one is Big 54, yeah. Levante David. The longest, Levante David, the longest. Yep, exactly. Yeah, Sorry. The was, longest yeah, tenor sure on the team. But let's talk about Levante David's performance. I mean, one, you've got to be happy for him because he's finally a Super Bowl champion after getting snubbed of all pro once again, getting snubbed to the Pro Bowl. None of that shit matters when you're a Super Bowl Dude, champion. They had one Pro Bowler and they won the freaking Super Bowl. Exactly. How, how much how many, of a joke is how that? Many, how many do you think they have next year? Um, Five or six, probably. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, too. Hopefully our guys can get some recognition. But for Levante, you know, he had a tough task. He was covering Travis Kelsey for most of the game. And I'll tell you, aside from Patrick Mahomes, you know, breaking out of the pocket and having to make something happen, I think 54 did one hell of a job covering the best tight end in the NFL right now. Like, he, he, yeah, was, I mean, he was all over. Travis Kelsey had over 100 yards, but look, he's going to get his, like, yeah. you know. A lot of his catches were, were zone um, where David wasn't directly on him. But when David was in man coverage against him, yeah, he was awesome. And David's going to do a lot of things that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. And uh, White is going to be getting all the love. But, man, yeah, Levante just deserves this so much. And not enough people were talking about Will Golson either because he was drafted only one year after Levante. Yeah. I mean, he's been here since 2013. He signed an extension when he didn't have to. Um, yeah. Will Golson, Levante, David, props to you. Obviously, props to Mike Evans. You know, the, the three longest tenured Buccaneers. Uh, on I think the Ali Marpet might be on there as well. Ali Marpet was, Ali Marpet was the Winston draft. Yeah, yeah. So he was 2015. Yeah, you got to feel good for those guys. Well, I, do, I do Donovan wanna, Smith was in the same draft, too. There we go. I do want to interject really quickly, though, about the Travis Kelsey thing. You know, you look at his stat line, and yeah, you say he got his 100 yards, and he is a guy who's going to do that. We kind of knew he was going to be their leading receiver from the get-go. But I look at one drive in particular, and what was it, like four or five straight completions to Travis Kelsey? And it's just because Patrick Mahomes had no choice but to run around, extend the play, and ultimately find a guy who had exploited some sort of zone that just wasn't there anymore. And, and I really think that's where those numbers get padded. But just wanted to, you know, just wanted to defend our guy 54. I am going to say this. Levante David, longest tenured Buccaneer, is accurate. But another person who was in that draft class 
and another person who was taken two years before. Time, time out. Time out. Hold on. Time out. No, I, because I know. I know what can I get. I want to guess them. I think I know okay. who it is too, but I'm. Well, one of them's Ted Larson. No. No. Keith Tandy. He, oh, oh yeah. He's on the coaching and staff. Cody on the show. Grimm. Okay. Well, yeah. I okay. I'm talking about 20... players here. That's not wait. Cody Grimm on the former, coaching staff. For, their yeah, former yeah, Bucks he's, he's players. On this, oh, no. He's a, this is he's news a secondary to me. assistant coach. Good yeah. for him, Bucks man. Players, you know? Hey, they've been yep. on that grind. Hey, you listen, know? listen. And I'll then, tell. I'll tell y'all what. See, I don't, uh, I don't know ahead. how many people we have listening who have been Bucks fans for a number of years. Hopefully, most of our audience. But listen, you're not the realest of the real, unless you know who Keith Tandy is, and especially Cody Grimm. Got to be happy yeah, for both Cody, of those guys. Cody Grimm even more. Yeah, um, yeah. Keith Tandy, who has also been on the show before. So go back and look at that. that Got to reach back out to him, see if we can follow back up. Oh yeah, all right. That bet. Um. I don't want to give anybody hopes up, but um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, well, actually, Antoine Randall L is a assistant on the offensive side of things. Larry Foot is the li- assistant linebackers coach, and Byron Leftwich, they all were Steelers. So Antoine Randall L, um, let me see if I could pull it up. He had posted on Instagram uh, a picture of him. Uh, was of it him, him Leftwich and AB? Him, him, Leftwich, and I think it was Larry Foot. Okay, and it's winning Super Bowls together as players and now as coaches, and it was all three of them together celebrating. That's awesome, man. I, also, by the way, Byron Leftwich, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback. Yes, sir. He was. He yes, was. Sir. Now, if you if you remember that, then you're definitely an OG. <laughs> if Hell yeah, man. Let's talk a little bit more about this defense. I know we've kind of covered it top to bottom, but. You know, we have yet to really break down, I think, the highlight moment of this game. And, I mean, the moment that most people knew it was pretty much over. You got a deflected pass targeted for Tyree Kill. And, and who's there to uh, to say everything that we've been wanting to say since week 12? Well, none other than the rookie. The guy who, by the way, I don't watch the NFL honors every year. I watched it this year and it was it was it was cool. I mean Steve Harvey was funny. He made me laugh every now and again. But I, I was I, I was downright offended, gentlemen, when I saw that Patrick Queen had more votes for defensive rookie of the year than Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah, well he proved last night that uh I, I see here's the thing. I didn't expect him to win. Um that, I didn't that award that award goes to the flashy player. Yeah, yeah. The guy who didn't show up in the playoffs, which I know that the honors awards don't count for the postseason, but you know one of them was able to play in the playoffs, and the other one didn't show up at all. So it goes goes to the guy who the media hypes up the most. Uh, And I mean, going into that, it was it was Justin Herbert who they'd hyped up all year, and and then Tristan Wirfs was the best rookie. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So. Uh, some breaking news here from Kevin O'Donnell, Fox 13. He said, uh, I have learned the city of Tampa is working on plans for a Bucks boat parade on Wednesday. Details are still being finalized. Date and time has not been agreed upon on yet. Officials are hoping to iron out everything, everything out and make an announcement tomorrow. Hell yeah. Well, folks, you know that we're going to have. James, you look pretty upset there. Are you, you all right? Is it the boat Work parade thing? Well, I, I'm not sure if it's going to be exactly. I mean, it says date and time has not been agreed upon yet, so you still got some hope. Okay, if it's in the morning, I mean, hey, if it's in the morning, I'm good. But I work in I, the I afternoon. Don't, it, I mean, it's. I don't think it's. It, I don't. I think it's going to start in the morning. I think it'll. it'll go, I think it'll start at like 10 or 11 a.m. If I had to guess, to yeah. be honest, most of those yeah. most of those Super Bowl parades start early in the morning. Yeah, then they end around like two, three o'clock. Yeah. That might work. That might work. That might work. Well, you guys know that we're going to be out there on Wednesday. Myself, James, and everybody else I'm going to be hanging out with. We're going to have tons of content coming your way. And uh, I really am excited about it, man. You know, we got to experience welcoming the team back from the NFC Championship game. And that in itself was an experience that I will never forget. I remember when me and James had just gotten out of my truck and we're walking towards where we're supposed to be. And I just found out like, oh, we're playing the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like that that blissful ignorance that we had for the two hours where we're so excited about getting out there. Didn't even really watch the AFC title game. Didn't know who you were going to play. And then you did see that the Chiefs ran over Buffalo. Um, and you know what? I'm going to say one more thing before we start to slowly wrap this up and say our last, like, you know, final things, whatever we got, whatever. But I'm so glad that it was the Chiefs and not the Bills because you know all you would hear is that, oh, well, the Chiefs would have beat the Bucks. 
Like the the Chiefs were the best team in the NFL this year. They were the number one seed. They were basically fourteen and one with their starters in. Right. Um. And, and yeah. And I'm so so glad that it was the Chiefs and not the Bills. Obviously, you wouldn't be saying that if the Bucks lost. But I, I'm really glad that because now there's no excuse. Now it's not well. You face the Bills and you know, or or you face the Browns. And if the Chiefs got in, no, it's 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 for real. Yeah. It was you know it was one of those situations where. It really felt like, at least in the national media's eyes, if it wasn't like probably Aaron Rodgers, maybe like it didn't matter which team from the NFC was going to go listen, up there. If they played the Chiefs, they everybody still would have assumed the Chiefs were going to win. Yeah, like, listen, they, escaped, like, they, they give the NFC no credit. The Bucks played the four seed, the two seed, the one seed, and then the one seed in the AFC, and they beat them all. Best team in the NFL. We, we we could basically end the podcast there if we wanted to and not even say another word. Because <laughs> yeah, that, ex- you know, that's that's I mean, they're they're obviously, yeah, it's when when you're crowned the champion, they're the best team in the NFL. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the yeah. the greatest football team in America right now. Regardless Absolutely. of what those ESPN power rankings say, you know? Oh, yeah, well, Christ. apparently, according to them, they're fourth. So, dude, fourth. It's funny like, because I feel like they're below for years, the team they beat. They're below two of the teams they beat. For, yeah. for for years we've joked about how like yeah the Bucks could win a Super Bowl and they would still be like tenth on the power rankings and it holds true. The way too early power rankings come out and the reigning Super Bowl champions are number four and the team that just got shut down held to zero total touchdowns in the biggest game of the year is ranked number one. Apparently they're the team I, I to beat honestly, again. I don't, I, I don't have as much of an issue with Kansas city being number one as I do with green Bay being ahead of Tampa. I think by green default, Bay, your champion not, should be number even, one, but that's me. No, I, I understand. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I'm just saying I don't have as big of a problem with Kansas city being one as I do with green Bay. Like the Bucks aren't even number one in their own conference. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, right. They just won the Super Bowl. Are you, are you, you can't even get number one in your own conference? Yeah. Come on. It's ridiculous, man. But I guess it just, you know, fits this underdog persona that the Buccaneers have continued to play so well. Now, look, as we wrap things up here. just They just keep giving Brady bullets and more material. There so, it is, baby. You know, but when, it, when it happens again, you know, you're going to be blaming yourselves. Let's talk about where this team goes from here. And I feel like this will be a short conversation because I think everybody here has similar answers. But when I look at this team and when I look at next season, maybe you'll have a couple players who just, you know, go somewhere else and you replace them with somebody who's just as good, if not a little bit better in that particular position. But the fact that all of this was done, a Super Bowl title, Tampa Bay's first Super Bowl in 18 years, Tom Brady coming here year one with all of the the obstacles that they had to face, the the pandemic happening, the uncertainty of the season, missing key activities that that you know put together the football season for them to get to where they are. Super Bowl champs in year 1. And the fact that we've already talked about how next year they're only going to get better. Obviously with the Super Bowl, I think the Bucks are going to make it priority number 1 this season to keep a lot of your main players on this team, but if they do that, I feel like this team is just as well equipped as Kansas City was this season to make another run at the Super Bowl. And dare I say it, they've got a very real chance of running it back. And holy hell, I didn't think we'd ever say that here on the podcast because we're still kind of reeling from our first ever Super Bowl coverage. But here we are talking about the possibility of a team that can win more than 11 games this year or next year and just dominate throughout the playoffs once again because Todd Bowles not going anywhere, Byron Leftwich not going anywhere. Bruce Arians and Tom Brady with a full offseason to golf and talk about how they're just going to break down opposing NFL teams next year. I cannot fucking wait. All right. Like, uh, I, I really cannot. This team is going to get better. And I think that's going to be a problem for the rest of the league, especially the people who have us ranked fourth after winning the goddamn championship. Yeah, obviously, you can't predict injuries. That's the one thing. But um, yeah, I mean, they're in a position to right. And they're not in salary cap hell like a lot of these other teams that have won the Super Bowl yeah. heaven. Right. The Chiefs were a rare case where they were able to keep everybody from their Super Bowl team pretty much. Right. Chris Jones. I mean, they even locked up Patrick Mahomes for. 10 years, even before his contract was up, you know, and they were able to lock up everybody they needed to. Um, and it was big for them. So uh, I think the Bucks can do the same. Obviously, the, it's going to not be easy, but, um, you know, just right now, just enjoy it, man. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I said uh, um, basically, you know, um, 
I, I said that I told you guys, I was like, March 1st is when, you know, I'm I'm going to get into you know, all the offseason stuff. We're all going to cover it and stuff, of course. But if there's news, obviously. But, you know, just cherish this right now, right? Focus on next season when next season gets here, obviously. But, man, these are so rare. And, uh, yeah, like the Patriots are a horrible example because nobody's like the Patriots, right? The Chiefs are not like the Patriots, evidently, because, you know, yeah, the Chiefs are probably – Patrick Mahomes will probably win another Super Bowl, maybe even two, right? Like he'll, he'll, he'll probably win another one, but it won't be this year and it won't be back-to-back, uh, not now at least. And uh, it's just so difficult, so just cherish this moment. You know, if you get to go to the parade, if you get to buy the gear, just um, be, be sure to be sure to cherish it. Yeah, you know, uh, Rhett, you said, you know, where, where, where's this team's next step, you know? It's getting on those floats, getting in that parade. You know what I mean? Like, that's the next step, man, you know? And, and next step for us, buying all the gear, celebrating for a couple more days, and uh, just, just riding this one, you know, out. You know, riding this wave, man. Um, and just enjoying this as much as possible, you know? Because, I mean... Yeah, th- this is good, especially with all the year that this has been and all the circumstances like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, it feels great that the Bucks fans are the ones who get to enjoy this one. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's phenomenal. Can't wait for that parade once we get more details on that. Um, this is going to be sweet. And like you guys said, they have the ability, I think, barring any craziness, to really make a a go at it again next year and we'll see but for right now i mean hey next step is that parade baby absolutely gonna be looking forward to it until the time oh, and also comes. also a huge huge shout out uh ryan suck up yeah man we uh, almost I, forgot you know, i mean the yeah. man is the man is ice cold the best kicker in franchise history what uh, what mm. i mean does he, he does he just hop in just, automatica he just, he just he just scored the most points in team history so wow! You know, if you look at per- if you look at percentages and points scored, Suckup's higher than Granatica. Suckup's higher than Matt Bryant. So perhaps I mean, obviously he's only had one year. This is obviously the best year from a Bucks kicker in franchise history. Exactly. Is he really higher <laughs> in point totals than Matt Bryant and Granatica? He, he, he has the record. Yes. Wow. What a yeah. season for Ryan Suckup, man. Most points scored. And then he nails that 52-yarder. Like, yeah. So the Bucks could potentially have right now on the team the best kicker of all of team, team history, the best center in team history, uh, the best – it is the best quarterback in team history, uh, the best wide receiver in team history, um, prob- one of the best guards in team history, Ali Marpet, you know, uh, you know with the, one of the best linebackers in team history, Levante David. Uh, I mean, he's the second best linebacker in Bucks history. I think this is a team that has Derek Brooks, has Hardy Nickerson, and yeah. a lot of good players. And I think Levante David is the second best linebacker in, in Bucks history. Um, and you know, Devin White's on track. You know, uh, Tristan Wirfs, if he keeps us up, is on track. Chris Godwin is on track. You know, it's 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 nuts. And there's a the amount of talent on this team, and they needed to come together. And guess what? Guess what? In 15 years, Bruce Arians' name is going up in that stadium. Tom Brady's name is going up in that stadium. Mike Evans' name is going up in that stadium. Chris Godwin's name is going to go up in that stadium. Devin They're White, all going up there. Levante Devin, David. Well, Devin, yeah, Levante David, Devin White, Gerald McCoy, hopefully. There's going to be a lot, and you know, Canton's going to be filled. Bruce Arians is going to go into Canton as a Bucks head coach. He's it not going to go in. You know, he's not going to go in as any other head coach. He's going in as the Bucks head coach. It is incredible to think about. And I'll close with this because I've been wanting to say this. Also, speaking of Hall of Fame, congratulations to John Lynch. Yeah, right. I mean, we haven't talked about it enough. I don't know why we haven't, but Johnny Lynch. They won the Super Bowl. That's why. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean, but Johnny Lynch, the hitman, number 47, finally gets his time to shine. And he gets his bust in Canton as a class of 2021. So looking forward to that. But let me say this and then we'll close the show out. The guys on this team are guys that we're going to be talking about for the rest of Bucks history. Everybody who was on that field has been immortalized in Tampa Bay. You're going history. to remember most people on that roster. 15 years from now, you're going to talk about Levante David and Devin White, the way that you talk about 
you know, a, a Derek Brooks. You're going to talk about maybe possibly Antoine Winfield Jr. the way that you talk about a guy like John Lynch here in the next 15 years. You never know. But the fact that these guys put this team together, put them in a position to win, and ultimately went out there and did their damn job to the best of their ability, the best four quarters of football they've played all year, they are more than worthy to be called champions. But the exciting part is that these are some great players. A lot of them are very young players, and that's even more promising. But these guys are officially immortalized in Buccaneer history, and it's just it's incredible, man. A lot of, lot of talent on this team and, and a hell of a team put together. You know, just final note for me, too. You know, I've been saying it to a few people, but just obviously players leave. It happens. It's literally impossible to keep every single person on a team, even like the lower end guys. It's impossible. Um, Even if they go to another team, like it's going to be sad, but like not going to forget what they did ever, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and in terms of, yeah, just remembering that, like guys were like. Obviously, we're younger guys, but we're all adults now, and we get to experience this, right? Yeah. Like last time there was in 2000, uh, you know, 2000, 2000, 2003 Super Bowl, I was five, you know? <laughs> like now I'm an adult and I get to experience this. Like yeah. it's, pheno it, it's phenomenal. Like we, I got, know. We, we got ours, you know what I mean? Right. Like n I now, mean, now, now we can look back and go, Oh man, that twenty. You remember 20, those days, right? You know now. Now this is this is our version of that. You yeah. know now we get ours. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. so. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, being from Philly, when they won the Super Bowl, Philly lost a lot of guys. But you know, talking to Eagles fans who are friends of mine, they they talk about Eagles players. Yeah, you know, you know yeah. they they talk about them and they're happy for them. So and they never forget, right? They never forget what they did, and that's that's going to be a lot of players on this team. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. Now, as far as, you know, our schedule goes for the next week or so, uh, you know, we definitely have the season review show that's going to be in the works here in the coming weeks. We might have some other cool stuff that we're not going to give out too much information on. But if we can make it work, we'll have some great content coming mm -hmm. for you guys. We will, pretty cool stuff. we will definitely have the uh, Super Bowl parade coverage coming your way. But uh, but other than that, I mean. It's kind of up in the air. I mean, it is it is officially, officially the offseason, ladies and gentlemen. So so listen, until we talk to you next time, just take this moment in. Don't forget what this feels like. We are Super Bowl champions of the world, and James is frantically raising his hand. Yes, James. One more thing I want to say, <clears throat> and this is to every content creator who watches this. Okay, and I'll probably be talking about this in my video and you too as well. Brett and Evan, thank you to everybody who covered this team. From media to fan content, thank you. It means the world. It's not an easy thing to do. I know sometimes people just say, oh, you just sit down and talk about the Bucks." Of course, but there's a lot more that goes into that. And throughout the seasons of covering this team, be it media or fan content alike, like it's been some lows. Right. And there's been some waves. And now we're at the peak of the mountain um, as content creators. And it's been one hell of a season. And I'm so proud and happy for all of the content creators who were able to do their thing this year and get rewarded for it after years of having to make a lot of content talking about a losing team. Uh, so thank you both, Rhett and Evan, and thank you to all the other content creators, be it podcast, YouTubers, obviously all the actual credentialed media. You know, thank you. It means a lot. Hell yeah, brother. I, I don't think I could have said that any better myself. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this Super Bowl edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Thank you so much for checking out our show. If you're watching over on YouTube, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already we got a bunch of great content that goes out to our YouTube channel and a lot of stuff that you can catch up on. I mean, if you want to relive every single hype video we put out, there's only like 25 of them from this season. So go check those out in a playlist all by themselves. But really, a lot of great content and personally, the best way to experience the show. As for our audio listeners, you guys are absolutely the backbone of the show and we appreciate you just as much. Thank you guys for checking us out anywhere you download a podcast. And if you want to help the show out in the long term, leave us a review. It's free to do. doesn't take a whole lot of time and it helps the show out a lot more than you think it does. If you don't feel like it, that's that's also OK. We appreciate you listening to the show either way.
You can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. You can check out my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And James, you can check out on YouTube at Mr. Bucks Nation. I know you got a lot of great content rolling out this week. Is there a sneak peek of anything before we wrap up? Uh, <clears throat> let's just say I need more videos of people telling me why they are happy about the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah, okay, so go ahead and plug that really quick. Where, where do they need it sent? What's the email? And then the uh, the 20-second video. Yeah, so send me an email to MrBucksNation at gmail.com. Uh, basically, just in that video, um, explain what this Super Bowl win means to you and uh, why you are happy and excited. Just a 20 second video, that's all it'll take. You can record it on your phone, webcam, whatever you wanna do. Just send it to mrbucksnation at gmail.com. Uh, I've got a pretty special idea for a video. So need as many as I can get. Get so on it, it is time to celebrate Tampa Bay. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. And if you follow me, I promise I will follow you back. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll say it one more time. We can sit on this feeling for six months, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions and officially the best team in the NFL. Savor this moment and let's celebrate. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you when we talk to you. But until then, as always, go Bucks. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.